The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As Jesus went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. For a couple of weeks now, we've been taking a look at our search for happiness. Everyone wants to be happy, and the search for happiness guides a lot of what we do. Parents make all kinds of sacrifices so their children will be happy. Maybe some made New Year's resolutions, hoping to be able to look back on 2024 and say it was a happy year. The search for happiness guides so many choices about how to use time, money, and energy. Happiness is a kind of well-being that comes through the the mind. Time spent with loved ones, success at work, creating something, these can bring happiness. Pleasure is a kind of well-being, too, that comes through our senses. Enjoying a sunset, eating your favorite food, watching a movie... These can bring pleasure. We can create happiness and pleasure for, our, for ourselves and for others easily enough, but pleasure and happiness have their limits. They come and they go and often end well before we wish them to. It's completely possible to have all the pleasures and happiness of the world, but still be left unsatisfied. This might be what happened for the wise men. They were able to offer Jesus gifts of gold, so there's good reason to believe they lived comfortable lives. But their desire for something more than pleasure and the happiness of a comfortable home led them on a long search for a newborn king in a foreign land, and when they found the Savior they were looking for, we're told they didn't just find happiness or pleasure, no they were overwhelmed with joy. Joy is a third kind of well-being, and it comes to us through our souls. It's a gift that can't be bought or made. And because our souls are made for things eternal, joy can't be found 
in the circumstances of our lives that constantly change, but only in God. Unlike the gifts we exchanged just a few weeks back, joy isn't something we can claim for ourselves to hoard, enjoy, and protect. No, the gift of joy offered is a share in the joy of God. There is only one source of joy, and the gift we receive is to share in that joy. However, receiving God's gift of joy doesn't come automatically. We reflected last week on the call Samuel received to share in God's joy. At first, Samuel knew he was being called, but was prevented by an obstacle within himself from understanding who it was who had been calling him. And this obstacle literally kept him and others up at night. After some guidance and growth, however, Samuel opened his heart so he could truly respond, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Only then could he share in God's gift of joy. Especially when it's difficult to find, our search for joy might start within ourselves with admitting that the biggest obstacle between us and joy is ourselves. In the Gospel reading today, we hear about some of the first apostles who seem to quickly accept our Savior's invitation to share in his joy. They're quick to drop everything, their careers, families, friends, possessions. They drop it all to share in the joy of God. In the years that followed, they would sacrifice even more, happiness, pleasure, and even their very lives to accept an invitation to joy. Now, the call to discipleship that we receive today may not require such drastic sacrifices as it did to those first apostles, but the invitation is still the same. And this is the invitation Jesus extends to every disciple, summarized in just three words. Repent and believe. The invitation, it seems, is also a guide to accepting the invitation to joy. The word repent isn't a word we often use, maybe because it sometimes comes with negative feelings. Some have used the word to inspire guilt or shame or to coerce others into acting certain ways. Repent or else, or else something bad will happen to you or else you won't reach heaven, or else you won't be welcome here. That may not be the spirit in which Jesus uses the word. Of course, repenting may very well mean a change in behavior, but there's a deeper level to it than that. The word repent can also be an invitation to change our thinking or our hearts. Jesus doesn't tell us to repent or else. No, he extends an invitation. Repent and believe in the good news. Jesus didn't tell just sinners to repent. This message, his invitation to share his joy, it's for everyone, sinner and saint. There's a lot of bad news going around. It it doesn't matter what country you live in or what your bank account is like. 
Your job or health status has no impact on this. There's bad news everywhere. It's bad news that keeps us up at night with worry, threatens relationships, and robs us of joy. Bad news quashes hopes and dreams and demands all our attention just to remind us of our weakness and failings. Maybe the invitation of our Savior, his call to repent, is to turn away from all that and instead embrace some good news. When bad news says we're unworthy, we come here to repent, to affirm our belief instead in the good news that there is a God in heaven who loves us. When bad news proclaims hopelessness, we come here to repent, to uphold our belief instead in the good news that God gives his very life for us. When bad news reveals division and conflict, we come here to repent, to feed our belief instead in the good news that God is not yet finished working to heal all wounds. Good news announces how light will triumph over dark and how love will conquer injustice and how sin will not have the last say. So if you find you live in a lot of fear and anxiety, if joy seems to take a back seat to anger or envy, pride or selfishness, that might not be the worst spot to be in. It could be a sign, a prompt from the Lord of joy to repent and start believing something different. In addition to the countless pleasures and even happiness found beyond the doors of this place, there's loads of bad news that can seem so powerful and overwhelming. But here, we're introduced to a kingdom of joy that promises to reduce the bad news of the world to nothing. That's some very good news, something to be truly overwhelmed with joy about. God of joy, we beg you to remove from us all that restrains us from accepting the invitation to follow you. When, bra- when bad news pridefully demands much, remind us of the gift of joy you freely offer in your kingdom. May we never shy away from sacrifice, but embrace the way of your Son, who reveals the power of your love and your desire for all to share in your joy. We offer this prayer in his name. Amen.